Hello and welcome to this edition of Locked on Penguins. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes, and uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about the first game for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, woof, uh, that's really all you can say about it is just uh, woof. Um, I always remember you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Apple, uh, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. But yeah, the, the game, the Penguins game last night, uh, opened the season against the Buffalo Sabres, a 3-1 loss to them, and um, nothing really went right. Uh, there weren't really a lot of positives to take out of this game. Um, before I get into the game, I just want to say, guys, um, usually this team does start slow um, to start the season. Uh, they really don't kick it off until January, February, um, in case some people are like new to following the team or whatnot, but uh, yeah, um Last night, just nothing went wrong. A lot of the same problems that the Penguins had at the end of last season um, came up again last night. And one of those things were the odd man rushes that they were giving up. Uh, at, even at the end of this preseason, um, Coach Mike Sullivan was actually yelling at the team by saying, if we're going to keep giving up all these odd man rushes, let's get good at actually converting them. And uh, safe to say, the Penguins really didn't get a lot of odd man rushes last night, but they gave up a whole lot of them. And the Sabres had two breakaway opportunities. They didn't, uh, they didn't really score on the one, but Rasmus Dahlin, at the end of the second period, he came in, um, he actually split, uh, Bluger and Latang, and he roofed it past Matt Murray. And that was one of the odd man rushes the Penguins gave up. And it was just, it was, it was not pretty, um, uh, they, they had 17 turnovers against the Sabres. Chris Letang had an uncharacteristic, uh, uncharacteristically very poor game by his standards. Not a good way to open up the season for him. He had four of them. And they were also outshot at even strength, 32-21. Even halfway through the first period when the Penguins were just like coasting along, they were being outshot 14-3. to um, To say this was a flat performance is uh, putting it nicely, I would say. Um, and the Penguins, they just, they looked slow out there and I don't know why that is. Um, maybe it's because, uh, some of their defensive pairings, there's a couple players on there that really should not be there. Um, of course we'll talk about Jack Johnson. Eric Goodbranson did not enjoy a good game. Um, honestly, really, I don't think anyone on the defense, uh, enjoyed a good game, especially the Dumoulin and Latang pairing. That was probably one of the worst games I think I've ever seen out of them. And they're, they're usually one of the best top pairings in the league. Um, Latang just didn't look like himself that game. Um, a lot of poor turnovers, bad decisions. Brian Dumlin also was the same way. Bad turnovers, poor decisions. And I think a big thing to come out of this game was the way Evgeny Malkin absolutely like hammered the team after this game. Um, uh, he's, he's not happy. And one of the things that uh, Josh Yeoey wrote a great article for the athletic shout out to him. And, Malkin said, Malkin, one of the quotes Malkin said was, we take a couple bad penalties, they change the game, it's a young league right now, we need to play hungry, we need to play faster, every puck we need to win, it's not a good, it's not good for us how we played, and we need to change. Another one was he said, it's real games right now, it's for sure a wake-up call, we need to understand that every team is dangerous, it doesn't matter if it's Buffalo or Washington, we need to learn from how we played tonight and play better for sure, like 100% better. And uh, yeah, um, when Evgeny Malkin, uh, one of the Penguins leaders, uh, probably one of the only Penguins that actually had a good game, and we'll get to that in a minute, is saying that, um, I think it's time, uh, I think they need to wake up a little bit. I know, like I said earlier, I know the team, you know, start plays a lot better after the new year. They don't really, I don't think they take these first 20 to 30 games uh, so much seriously, but some of the teams in the division, like the division I think is going to be, I think, 
more competitive this year, even though I, I do think the Penguins will still get into the playoffs with ease. But every year, like Gino says, it's, it is harder to get in the playoffs. They can't afford to, you know, uh, just tank a lot of these games because it, it still could come back to bite them. You never know. But um, I think, like, also in, in that game, like, when they went down 3-1, and they, had, they actually had, like, two or three power plays in that third period, it, it almost looked like they didn't really care enough to score on them, which was very concerning. They, 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 they were not playing well at all in, in the last 30 minutes, especially the last 20 minutes. Even Marcus Pedersen said, uh, in a quote to Josh Yowie's piece, I don't even know what happened in the final 30 minutes. So, I mean... <laughs> when you have a bunch of when you have a few players saying that they don't know what happened and why they don't know why we're, we're playing so bad that's um it's not good and um it, i also also say that Sidney crosby and jake ensel did not have good games um i know jake had a couple decent chances but uh crosby did have that power play assist on Evgeny malkin's goal which we'll get to um in the next segment but um just not good games for them Obviously, that's not going to be the norm. Sidney Crosby is going to have way more good games than bad games. So will Jake Ensel, who's coming off a 40-goal season. Um, I thought this uh, tweet from Adam Gretz last night basically uh, summed up the the performance and basically the Penguins as a whole. If you had concerns about the Penguins, all those concerns were on display. The defense was not good. Um, that's uh, for depth sometimes has questions. That said, it is still just one game, and, and Crosby, Gensola, Tang, Dumlin will not struggle this much every night. Of course, leaving out Malkin and Murray because they were outstanding. Um, and he's right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I, basically what I took away from this as well. The core players are not going to struggle this much every night. They're going to get them a bunch of their wins as the season goes on. Um, it's only one game. I, I know people love to overreact and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, this team's done. Saturdays, they still have another home game coming up against Columbus, but you know this was this was not encouraging to see. And you know, there's some people who are probably going to start to say, "Well, you know, the 2018 Kings, the 2017 Blackhawks, let's chill out. It's a long season." Um, you know, and, and yeah, I think that the Penguins they they should be fine. Um, we'll be curious to see how they play against Columbus if they come out. Uh, really firing against them or if it's the same lackluster performance because this honestly looked like game five against the Islanders in the playoffs where like nothing was working they were giving up odd man rushes pinching at bad moments slow um and it it was just accumulation of a a bad opening night loss but I doubt it's going to be the norm and they just have to move on to the next game and that's exactly what they're going to do as they play like I said a Columbus Blue Jackets on Saturday night I think one of the big positives come out of this game was uh, Matt Murray. Um, well, well, one of them is. There's probably only a few positives come out of this game, but Matt Murray was definitely one of them. He was keeping the Penguins in this game the entire night. Uh, 38 saves out on 41 shots. Um, he, he he played like the goaltender that was playing in the second half of the season last year. And Sullivan even even said as such after the game, saying, yeah, I mean, you know, we were really only in this game because Matt Murray... Uh, was just outstanding um, th- throughout the whole game. He was he was moving really well. His glove was great. Uh, he was he was seeing the puck all through through the way all the way through. I don't know why I'm mixing up my words right now, but yeah, he was he was outstanding. And if it were, if it weren't for Matt if it weren't for Murray, 
Um, that three one loss is probably a six one or seven one loss, I think, because the Penguins were just that bad. Uh, um, it'll be curious to see um, when if he's going to keep doing this. I really think he will. Like I said on my last episode, I think he's going to have a monster year. He's going to be a Vezina Trophy uh, finalist. And last night was a, um, I think, a good first uh, first game step to that. He was absolutely amazing. Um, none of the goals were really his fault. Darlene had that awesome roofed, uh, shot. Uh, Sherry had a couple goals, but I mean, Murray really had no chance on those, but he had made a lot of really timely saves when the game was tied. And and even when they were down two one and three, one to keep the penguins from, to keep the penguins in the game and to give them at least like a sliver of hope that they they could come back. But it, it wasn't going to happen with how they were playing. Um, also, I think was the play of Evgeny Malkin. Um, he looked fast. He looked crisp. He scored the Penguins' only goal. It was a nice shot through a screen by Patrick Hornquist on the power play. Um, and yeah, he was. He was. He was. I think he was their best skater on the ice last night. And um, yeah, we, we talked about this going into the season how he was going to play after a really. Uh, bad season for Malkin standards uh, last season. You know, only 70, 72 points in sixty eight games. Um, and, and yeah, I, I think he he was he was just he was outstanding. We'll get to his line in a second with Galchenyuk and Tanev, but like he like he was skating with authority. He was not turning the puck over. Like I said, his decision making was great and. I, I mean, I think he's going to, and with those two on, with Galchenyuk and Tanev on that line, I think it, it, it's, that's just going to really help Malkin get back to where he needs to be. And, and I guess we'll just jump right into that line. I thought Alex Galchenyuk and Brandon Tanev were all awesome too. And that line has the makings of a really, really good second line. Um, contract aside for Brandon Tanev, um, like we said, we all know the six years is too long. Um, he was outstanding last night. Uh, he was creating turnovers. He was fast. He was drawing penalties. He got some really good looks uh, from Malkin in that game. I think Malkin had a, a really nice pass to him uh, that was saved by Hutton uh, in the first or second period. I have to go double back, uh, double back and check, but I know he had a couple really nice chances. And um, he's he's going to be a, a really good player, I think, for the Penguins this season. Um, he's like that kind of player that I think the Penguins have desperately lacked these last a couple seasons. Like he's that fast winger. He can play in any situation, PK, even strength, second power play, perhaps. He's fast, draw like I said, draws penalties. And I I'd be curious to see if he can play that that Carl, maybe like that Carl Haglin role, Pascal Dupuis role, I think. Like, and see if he can uh like have like that, like he can like bloom like Dupuis did when he was here and when Dupuis played on Crosby's line because he, he turned into a different player when he was up there. And I think the same could be potentially said for Tanev if um, he keeps playing the way he did last night because he was superb. And also um, Alex Galchenyuk I thought was very, very good. Um, he was fast. He was tenacious with the puck. Um, he was creating turnovers. Um, he didn't draw any penalties like Tanev did, but still, um, he, he also had some very, very good chances. I thought a couple times he was going to pot one, but it, it'll be coming. I think this has the makings of a very, very good line, um, and I would not be surprised if it's together for most of the season, considering how 
how much chemistry Galchenyuk and Malkin, I think, already have, and how just how Tana fits on that line. Like I said, he's fast, tenacious with the puck, and I'm just, I'll be curious, I'm interested to see how this line does throughout the season, um, and we'll be curious to see if they can maybe get a goal and even strength to get, uh, together against Columbus, uh, for that matter. Also, um, I think I wanted to talk about the for the uh, the power play last night. Um, just switch gears for a, switch gears for a second. Um, I should say um, the power play was bad. Uh, <laughs> it's probably putting it a bit lightly, but um, I know they did that power play goal. Beautiful, uh, nice shot by Malkin. Um, um, Carter Hutton, nice screen by Hornquist. Other than that, though, it was just it was bad. There was really no puck movement to it. Um, they were getting some shots through, but I mean, you could tell just by last night, like I, um, the power play, it, it did miss Phil Kessel at least for last night. And um, I'm not going to obviously say that for every uh, time the Penguins' power play is bad, um, but last night I do think it definitely missed Phil. Um, it, it, he was like one of the biggest reasons it, it, that the power play was so good. He could be on the half wall. Players could rotate to him, and if players went too far to him, they could just give it to like Malkin or Crosby, and they just make you pay that way. Now without him, they don't have like that same presence out there. And also, of course, Kessel had that amazing playmaking ability. It was he didn't just shoot from there. He had that. He had some amazing passes that would lead to goals and some outstanding sequences so let's not get lost with that but without him there last night it just it didn't look as crisp it didn't look as clean um the zone entries were also not that good at times um almost everyone on that unit and even on the second power play unit it, it was it was just bad i mean it's not going to continue the whole season folks um the penguins are going to finish with a top five power play they do it every season and but last night was definitely not encouraging to see it uh, that bad. Um, um, even even the um, if you want to switch to the other special teams, uh, the penalty kill was I'd say better than what the power play does. But they still did they give up they gave up that uh, that second uh, power play goal. Well, I'm trying to think of when it was. it was in the um, the uh, the second period. Yeah, when it was one one. Connor Sherry's second goal. The Penguins took back to back penalties. Um, very just very dumb penalties to take. Um, I think one was on Brian Dumoulin, and the other one was on Pedersen, and they ended up scoring on the, the, the Dumoulin penalty right after they right after they killed off the first one. And Sherry, of course, Sherry got the goal. He had two goals against his former team, and um, yeah, Sh- Sherry um had a very interesting quote at the end of the game. Basically, um, a reporter asked him. Like, like, does this like? Do you get up for these games, basically? And he had he had a pretty telling quote. He's like, "Yeah, when when you get traded by uh, when a team that doesn't want you, it kind of just sticks with you." So yeah, I kind of want to go out there and uh, show them what they're uh, missing. Is basically what he said. Um, I'm just summarizing it. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, but Connor Sherry fell down a lot though, right? Um, he had a couple really, he had a couple nice uh, goals last night, and you know, I think the Penguins they definitely do miss some of his speed. I would say. Um, but, I mean, a player like that is not going to derail the Penguin season. But um, to get back to the overall point, the penalty kill um, they did give up that uh, power play goal that ultimately would change, I guess, change the game in that the sense that the Penguins would not see a tied game again or even the chance to take the lead. Um, special, it was just a bad special teams night. Um, you know, I guess that goes with the theme that really no one had a good night except for, of course, Matt Murray. Evgeny Malkin, Brandon Tanev, and um, Alex Galchenyuk. 
Um, I'll take it back. I thought Nick Bukestad was okay. Uh, maybe Jared McCann. Yeah, I thought McCann was pretty good. He had some really nice chances last night. I think he's going to have a really good season for the Penguins this season. Um, I know I believe he's an RFA after the season. He's going to get a very handsome raise. But I thought he was good. I thought the fourth line last night of Teddy Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, and Dominic Simone also was not bad either. Um, I thought they had some good chances. Um, I think once Rust returns, I think Aston Reese will be the odd man out on that line. I, I, I That's my guess. But also, um, you know, I really actually, yeah, I think he would be the odd man out. I really don't see anyone else in that lineup coming out well maybe Dominic Cahoon Dominic Cahoon did not enjoy a good night he hasn't he hasn't looked good in the preseason he has he didn't look good last night and I mean if the preseason is the preseason but if it's if it starts translating to the regular season um there's a problem and you know the Penguins he's the he's the player that they got in return for Olimata when they shipped Mata to the Chicago Blackhawks over the off in the offseason and yeah, he enjoyed a re- the thing is he enjoyed a really really good uh, rookie season uh, for the Blackhawks last year. He had almost I think it was f- 15 goals if I'm not mis- mistaken. I, I need to uh, make sure I got I got that right. I don't need to spew anything that I don't know. Um yeah, if hockey reference would love to load would love to load. Yeah, 13 goals, 37 points in a full 82 game season last year. Yeah, um he, he had a and, and 12 of those goals, yeah, 12 of those 13 were even strength. So, um, yeah, you know, to say that, you know, it's not going to be a concern unless it starts getting into like maybe 10 to 15 games into the season. But, you know, hasn't enjoyed a good camp, uh, supposedly not a good preseason and not a good start to the regular season. So if Rust comes back and Cahoon is still not playing well, he could be the odd man out if Aston Reese really is playing well. I think... Aston Reese is a very intriguing case. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think he can contribute around, I'd say, 10, 10 goals on the fourth line. I don't think that's too far out of the question uh, for him. Um, what else about last night's game that uh, we feel like? Um, let's see. I don't really think there's too much else to talk about for last night's game. Um, it was just, it was just, oh, oh well, the D, well, I guess, I guess going back to the defense, um, all the defensemen were under 50% Corsi Fenwick percentage, their possession numbers, and, uh, yeah, that's bad. Uh, in case you're all familiar, that, that, that's a bunch of puck possession, uh, if you're over 50%, uh, that's very good, that, that's where you're supposed to be, if you're under 50%, not, and almost every, um, yeah, every defenseman, like I said last night, was, was very bad. And was under it. Um, if I find this tweet, tweet where I saw where I saw it, um, even even Latang and Dumlin, who usually are well over fifty percent basically every game, um, we talked about earlier they did not have a good game. Um, they were even they were even under it. And uh, yeah, Dumlin forty two percent last night. Latang forty four percent. Pedersen forty seven percent. Schultz and Johnson forty two percent. Surprise, surprise, considering that well, I don't know why they're playing together for some reason. And Eric Goodbranson, forty-seven percent. Uh, yeah, that is uh, that is not good. And uh, Latang, twelve scoring chances for, fifteen scoring chances against, uh, eleven uh, scoring chances for, twelve for against for Pedersen, eight and eleven for Johnson, twelve and sixteen for Dumoulin, eleven fifteen Schultz. Basically, what I'm saying is they uh, they gave up a lot more scoring chances against than they account than they helped uh, get for the Penguins. 
And that's that's not good. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to be the norm, for, I think, for all of these defensemen. Um, I think, obviously, the Latang and Dumoulin are going to be over 50%. They're going to be on the positive side most of the time for um, scoring chances for and scoring chances against. I think so will Pedersen. Uh, Justin Schultz, uh, well, hopefully, um, in the case that Jack Johnson is not anchored to him for the rest of the season, though, I did read an article from Rob Roski yesterday, which was very interesting to me. He said that when the Penguins are going to be fully healthy, this is from The Athletic, of course, when the Penguins are fully healthy, when Brian Rust comes back, Jack Johnson's not going to be in the lineup. And that's an interesting theory because, I mean, Rust does take up a few million in cap, because when he comes back from LTIR, he's going to count against the cap, and then the Penguins will be over the cap. So they're going to have to do something cap flexibility-wise to get under the cap. And Rossi said that the Penguin pairings, they would be Dumoulin Latang, Pedersen Schultz, and Rico Lugudbranson, which is a lot of what we saw towards the end of the preseason, actually, um, when Jack Johnson was actually a healthy scratch for a couple games. And then, of course, when Brian Russ gets hurt in the final uh, preseason game blocking a shot, it looks like he broke his hand. That um, There was a replay of that last night during the game. It struck his hand. I think he broke his hand. He's probably going to be out um, maybe a month or two or something like that. Um, but, but yeah, I think but that's what Rossi says. Apparently, they're really, they really, really like those pairings. And really, the only reason really Jack Johnson's in the lineup right now is because... Um, Brian Russ is hurt, and he has to stay on the IR, long-term IR for 10 games, 24 days. So he'll be out for a few weeks, maybe close to a month, I would say. But we'll, we'll obviously, I'm not, obviously, I'm not a doctor here. But um, but yeah, and then apparently he also said that they're really, really intrigued by a Pedersen-Marino uh, pairing, of course, meaning John Marino, who made the team out of camp. They acquired him from the Edmonton Oilers over the summer. But yeah, I think that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Not a good game last night in all facets of the game. Um, of course, the Gachanyuk line I said was great. Matt Murray was great. They'll all continue to be great. Cindy Crosby and Jake Ensel will bounce back. Brian Dumoulin and, and Chris Letang will... Uh, uh, I like totally screwed that up, so my fault. Excuse me. Cindy Crosby and Jake Ensel will, will bounce back. Chris Letang and Brian Dumoulin will bounce back. Justin Schultz, they'll all be fine. Um... But they need to clean up these odd man rushes if they are going to go anywhere this season. They can't keep giving these up. They can't keep looking slow on defense, letting the opposing forwards get behind them, making bad pinches, leaving Matt Murray out to dry to make a save. Uh, Because, like I said, he was the only reason why that game was as close as it was last night. Um, The Penguins will be back in action on Saturday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, look for another episode of this podcast potentially later on tonight. I'm um, trying to catch up. I've had a couple of little schoolwork to do. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow my Twitter, Hunter Hodes. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great day and hope you enjoyed this episode.